This is a download from Wireless Theatre. The following is a fictionalised comedic musical account of early English history. The creator wishes no offence to anyone from that period who is still alive. Also, he apologises for the accents. The History of England, AD 43 to 1066. By Peter Davis. Part 1. The Romans, 55 BC to 410. Many years ago, in a far-off dream, there lived an island bountiful and green. The people of that land had no idea their doom was now at hand. Because far across the sea, in the land of Rome, a mighty empire had risen, thrived and grown. The empire then looked north to expand their throne. They looked toward that island and decided for their own. Year 55 BC, Julius Caesar set sail for England. He landed in Kent but was beaten back by the Britons. The year later, he came back with a butt-ton of Romans and they managed to get the leader of the combined Britain forces, Castapellanus, to surrender. England was ripe for the taking. But instead of plucking it off the Europe tree there and then, Caesar returned to Rome. He meant to come back, but instead in 44 BC he got stabbed up by a load of his work colleagues. Too but then in 43 AD, they gathered their men, and Emperor Augustus sent troops forth north once again. They set sail out of Gaul, they landed in the Britons they went We will take your kingdom from you We will crush your armies into stew Britain there is nothing you can do And you will all be Romans too Your greatest era will now ensue Britain we will build the world anew Do we start now? Okay. Good evening. My name is Professor Thorny Buckshaft, author, historian, and two-time winner of the Booker T Prize for Music or Sport Journalism. And I am the writer, director, and performance artist known only as The Angler. Um, yes. And so, as we just heard, we pick up our fascinating story with the Roman conquest of AD 43 under the leadership of Tiberius Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Emperor Tiberius. Yeah, uh, no, it's Emperor Claudius. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, thank you. But trouble was afoot. 
The natives were restless. Over in East Anglia, the king of the Iceni tribe, Prasutagus, died. His widow would become a legend. Her name was Boudica, or Bodicea, depending on who you talk to. I was always taught Bodicea at school. Uh, yes, me too. But it now turns out that was wrong. Okay. Boudica fits next song better anyway. Oh, uh, okay. The Romans swept in to claim and plunder the Iceni wealth. Boudica's two daughters were raped and she herself was flugged. Yeah, uh, sorry, that should be uh, flogged. Fl fl flogged. Mm. Okay. What's flogged? Um, uh, come here. Okay. Ow! That's flogged. Thanks. So in the year 61, Boudica rose up in revolt. She gathered together other tribes against the Romans and went to f*** them up. Uh, watch the language, please. Oh, sorry. We can bleep that, can't we, Tony? Ah, great. She began by attacking the first Roman capital, Camelodunum, which we now call Colchester. Then moved southeast down the A12 all the way to Londinium. And what do we call that now? Uh, London. Uh, right. Gotcha. Yes. <clears throat> Just play the song. Boudicca, they've taken away our pride, our riches too. Boudicca, my queen, what are we going to do? Get behind me! There are too many of them! This is just the beginning. You're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. Believe me. I never leave a man behind. Kill them. Kill them all! T tell my wife. <laughs> Sorry. You're gonna tell her yourself! <laughs> the gods have forsaken us. Where are you going? I'm gonna show you the gods do exist. Victory seemed close. Tens of thousands of Romans dead. Cities aflame, the name Boudicca on everyone's burnt lips. But then, disaster. The Roman military governor Suetonius Paulinus met her in battle. Even though she had ten times his number, there was no stopping the Roman fighting machine. By the end, 80% of the Brits were dead and Boudicca poisoned herself. The rebellion had failed.
Um, she probably didn't actually poison herself, by the way. Oh, no. No, that's what the Roman historian Tacitus said in his writings. Mm. But it is thought she actually just fell ill and died. Well, there you go. Okay, come on, let's get cracking. Yeah, don't rush me. There's a lot to get through here. Well, that's fine, but we don't have much time left. Eh? I've got 45 minutes for this bit, haven't I? That's for the whole thing. What? So how much longer is left of the Roman section, then? Uh, about five and a half minutes. Oh, for goodness sake. I wish you told me. We've only got to the year 61. Don't worry, I'll do it all in a song. What are the highlights? The highlights? We can't just give people the highlights of the Roman Empire's occupation of Britain. Of course we can. Go on, what happened? Um, okay, let's see. Uh, they created a huge military. Tens of thousands of soldiers were brought over from Germany, Spain and Gaul. Where is Gaul? Yeah, well, it was basically France, Belgium, Luxembourg, bits of Italy, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Germany. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you did ask. They also built fortresses all over the country. Mm -hmm. York, Chester, Manchester, Newcastle, and uh, straight roads, of course, which linked all these mm -hmm. fortified towns. Okay, that's good. I've got a lot about taxes. Nope. Um, oh, oh, the Emperor Hadrian built a wall between Britain and Scotland, which was called Caledonia at the time. Hadrian's Wall, got it. Uh, they started educating people, constructed huge buildings. Each major town had big arches, sculptures, bathhouses, temples, a public forum, and amphitheatres. Oh, like uh, Gladiator. Uh, yes, they had gladiators. People used to fight wild animals in them, too. Uh, villas became mainstream, as well as lots of agriculture, of course. Uh, the country was split in two around the year 200, into Britannia Superior, with London as its capital, and Britannia inferior with York or Ibarakum mm -hmm. as its capital. The North is inferior. Uh, Got it. Yeah, well, inferior didn't actually mean worse. It was a geographical term. Basically just meant smaller. Around the 200s was the height of Roman Britain. Londinium particularly, where the governor lived. They built a massive wall around London, which you can still see bits of today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any more fighting? Um, yes, lots of fighting with the Scots. Of course. Of course but they were mostly defensive or going overseas to help out neighbouring countries against attack from others, such as the Franks or the Goths. Goths? I've got a song about being a Goth. <clears throat> hot Goth, sweating in the sun, my hair's going flat and my eyeliner has run, I'm a <clears throat> hot Goth. <clears throat> uh, no, not that sort of Goth. <clears throat> These were Germanic people, the, the Visigoths and the Ostrogoths. Ostrogoth? That's a great name. And I suppose Ostrogoth. those are the main salient points. The whole thing fell apart around 408, and the proper end came in 410. Basically, the English asked for military aid from Rome, but the Emperor Honorius told them they had to fend for themselves from then on. Okay, I think I've got it. But I really don't think you can get 349 years of history into one song. Oh yeah? You just watch. Uh, watch what? Okay, listen then. Oh, okay. Is this it started now? Yes, shut up.
like gladiators fought some beasts and it thrived. Roman Britain talking about Roman Britain. Let's all sing Roman Britain. See, told you I could do it. Good God. Part 2. The Anglo-Saxons. The 400s to the 800s. Is it definitely too late to get someone else? I mean... Oh, are we on? And so we move on. By the 410s, the Romans had got rather tired of Britain, and in London, the once magnificent city had become a ruined shadow of its former self. So the Romans all buggered off back to Rome. Language. What? What, buggered? I think that's okay, isn't it? Is buggered okay, Tony? Yeah, see, Tony's happy with buggered. He's not bleeping that. Okay, but I can't say fuck. No. Shit. No. Cock. No. 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 Definitely not. Now stop it. Okay. And so the country was controlled by the leftover Romanized Britons. But around the year 430, they were under threat from Ireland and Scotland. They needed help. Is that one group, the Irish and Scots combined? Uh, No, no, two groups. Different tribes from Ireland and the Picts from Scotland. Picts. 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 Yes, uh, they used to paint themselves, you know. Oh, what, like, um, like pride? Uh, no, not, not quite like that. Hmm. If they were attacking on ships, they would paint themselves and their ships the colour of the sea, so they couldn't be seen from the land. The, the colour of the sea? Yes. And what colour is that exactly? Uh, well, sort of a, a grey, bluey, grey, blue... Right. Maybe little white bits that could be the waves. Uh, yes, yes, that sounds about right. But the Britons knew they could not fight them all. So they hired Saxons from Germany to help them defend the country. And they did a jolly fine job of it. But alas, afterwards, all did not go well. No? No, sir. This happened. Ah, boys, jolly good. Well done. Ah, thank you. Right. 
<clears throat> well, off you pop. Um, what? You seem to be forgetting something. You promised us quite a lot of money, if I am not much mistaken. Ah, yes, um, about that. I'm afraid that's not really going to happen anymore. Uh, thanks all the same, though. Good luck. Uh, good luck with everything. Uh, take care. No, no, you cannot say you are going to pay us and then not pay us. You, you must pay us now. Right, I see. Um, no, that's, that's not gonna happen. Uh, the thing is, it was quite a lot of work and was quite difficult. You know that the Picts paint themselves. You cannot see them. They are the color of the sea. It is like fighting sea-colored smoke. Um, yes, I did know that, actually. And we'll make sure we tell everyone about what you guys did. Just imagine all the exposure you'll be getting. Okay, I see. What if you just give us land instead? We could take land instead of the payment for the work. Um, yeah, yep, yeah, we, we could do that. Um, that's, uh, I'm afraid that's, that's not going to work for us. Uh, I'm afraid um, this, this time. Uh, but, but thanks, anyway. Thanks, thanks guys. Take care. Uh, this Englishman is under a damn scheisse. You wish to dismiss us, you will pay the consequences. Ah, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Thanks very much. Okay, we will see you soon. And they did see them soon. The Saxons also invited their friends from Germany, the Netherlands and Denmark, and they all settled in Britain and made it their home. These are the folks who came to be known as the Anglo-Saxons. Many of our words come from them. In fact, about a quarter of English words have Germanic roots. Place names, too. They settled in southeast England, all around London. East Angles became East Anglia, East Saxons, Essex, West Saxons, Wessex, South Saxons, Sussex. There was one north of London, too. Oh, really? Yeah. No sex. That's why it didn't last. Yes... Anyway, in the 600s, the words English and England were first used, which originally came from the Angles. Angland! Uh, no, no, no. Go on. Okay. It's also around now that Christianity came to England. In the year 597, a chap called Augustine turned up from Rome, sent by Pope Gregory the Great to convert the King of Kent, King Ethelbert, to Christianity. Ethelbert? You made that up. No, I did not. Um, have I got any more lines at all? Um, no, no, n not right now. Why don't you stick to the songs? We don't want another flugged. Oh, did these guys get flugged then? No, nobody else got flugged. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Back to the Anglo-Saxons. The most famous individual from the era is the Venerable Bede. Who? Uh, Bede, also known as the Venerable Bede. Never heard of him. No? Bede the Venerable? Nope. Saint Bede? Stop saying Bede. Oh, okay. So, who was he? He was a monk and a scholar who wrote many books about English history. An ecclesiastical history of the English people? No? No, funnily enough, I've not read the ecclesiastical history of the English people. Oh, <laughs> you are missing out. Okay. So, uh, what else did he do? Uh, well, he was a teacher as well. But he's, he's mainly known for his writings. And he's the most famous person from this era? Well, yes, I thought so. Okay. Let's just move on, shall we? What's next? Well, hang on, don't we need a song for this part? 
I don't really think Beady Boy deserves a whole song, does he? Well, I do. Okay. Oh, good. This song is for beadoers venerable But the question is, was he also memorable, memorable? Cause I don't think I've ever heard of him And people won't know who he is I don't think I've ever heard of him Not a word of him Except in a quiz Second thoughts? No, no, he doesn't really. No. Part three Vikings. The eight hundreds to ten sixty six. Village to village, loot and pillage 
that? Uh, Vikings. Right? Sailing the sea. Yeah, so I gathered. That was literally the worst song I've ever heard. What are you talking about? That's an instant classic. Well, it's not going on here, that's for sure. Really? You might want to check your contract. See who gets final approval of all songs. Oh, no. <laughs> you just wait till later. Oh, God. Anyway, as you were... Uh, right. In the 800s, warriors from Norway and Denmark turned up and invaded. They managed to take control of the whole country except a big chunk in the south, Wessex. The Viking territory became known as the Danelaw. What happened to Wessex? Ah, I'm glad you asked. Mm. That was still ruled by an English king, Alfred the Great. Oh, I've heard of him. Hmm? Yes, good, good, mm. good for you. Didn't he conquer the whole world? Eh? All through Asia and India. That, that's Alexander the Great. Led elephants over the Alps. That's Hannibal. Ah. So, what did Alfred do then? Well, he successfully defended Wessex against the Vikings. Right. Well, good for him. He became known as King of the Angles and of the Saxons. His son did even better, Edward the Elder. He started reconquering and taking back the land the Vikings had stolen. By the year 920, he ruled East Anglia and the Midlands too. But then his son was even more impressive. Edward the Younger. No. Stop guessing things. Well, I haven't got any lines. Right, fine. Read this bit then. Great. Right. <clears throat> Edward's son Athelstan conquered the rest of England in the 930s. He was hailed as King of England. Very good. Thanks. Are there any women at all? What? Well, it just seems to be all about men. Are there any women in this history? Uh, oh, you had Boudicca? Yeah, we did have her, yeah. How about in the 900 years after her? Uh, well, uh, no. No, there weren't any. I'm pretty sure there were. No, no, I, I mean, I mean, there aren't any in in my, um, well, in, 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 in this particular mm -hmm. sphere of, of... I thought as much. No, 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 well, I, I mean, uh, I, it, it's... How about a song? Okay. No, wait, w what about? Uh, the next one is about King Athelstan. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> yes, please. Very good. History shows our Scandinavian foes set sail from Denmark and Norway. But in 927, a king stood up against them to sing, No more will you have things your Remember King 
I claim my prize. The first king of England will rise. This is the Viking's final demise. You will remember King That's more like it. What a lovely song. Thanks. Although I should point out it's actually pronounced Athelstan, not Athelstan. Yeah, I know, but it's much harder to rhyme it with the schwa in there. Schwa? Yeah. What's a schwa? Uh. Uh. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, that's the schwa. Uh. Yeah, that's it. Uh, okay. Also, I don't mean to be pedantic, but I don't think there were lords and ladies back then. Back off, man. Do you realise how hard it is to write ten songs on your own? Let alone ten songs about early English history. All right, all right, all right. Sorry. Okay. Now, where were we? Um, oh yes. So we arrive at the 980s. Those pesky Vikings were at it again. They started raiding once more and then defeated the English in 991 at the Battle of Malden. Where's Malden? Uh, it's in Essex, on the coast. Right. Is it nice there? Uh, yes, it's, it's quite pleasant. I used to take the kids there. There was a lake and little paddle boats. Very nice. <laughs> anyway, it's also where the Vikings beat the English quite badly. The king at the time, Ethelred the Unready, signed a treaty with them, paying them £22,000 to return to Denmark. <laughs> he certainly wasn't ready for them, was he? <laughs> well, no, no, he wasn't. But the name doesn't actually mean not ready. It actually means ill-advised. Oh. The king of Denmark kept sending warriors over to England, and Ethelred kept paying them to go back to Denmark. That seems like quite a regular occurrence with these guys. Yes, I didn't mention it actually, but Albert the Great actually originally paid off the Vikings to leave him alone before defeating them in battle. Don't you mean Alfred the Great? No, uh, what did I say? Albert the Great. Uh, no, I didn't. You, you did, actually. My dear boy, I've been studying this subject for 30 years. I'm not going to get Alfred the Great's name wrong. It's, uh, what's that, Tony? Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> well, I never. You should be flugged for that. Uh, let's move on, shall we? In the year 1002, Ethelred married the daughter of the Count of Normandy, thus beginning an alliance between England and the Normans, which will become very important later. Well, there you go, there's another woman. Who? The, the daughter of the Count of Normandy. And what was her name? Uh, um, it was, uh, hang on. Um, Isn't it written down there? No, no, it just says the daughter of the Count of Normandy here. Okay, let me do a bit. Come here. Right, thank you. Right. <clears throat> In this period, the Vikings led a bloody and violent series of attacks, burning towns and sacking monasteries. In retaliation, Ethelred ordered a huge massacre of Danes in the country. Emma! Sorry? Emma of Normandy. Whew, got there in the end. Well done. Uh, where were you? 
Uh, Ethelred just massacred loads of Danes. Oh, good. Right, now comes the Viking kings. The Vikings. Uh, that, that doesn't really work. No, it doesn't, does it? Okay, never mind. In 1013, the king of Denmark, Swain Forkbeard, sailed to England and took over, forcing Ethelred to flee to Normandy. Hang on, you're just going to breeze over that name? What, what, what name? Swain Forkbeard. Well, that's quite a normal Viking name compared to some of the others. Really? Go on then. Uh, okay, uh, Eric Bloodaxe? Ivor the Boneless? Thoria the Trollburster? No. Yes? <laughs> Amazing. Anyway... We come to the story of King Swain and his son, Kurt. Sorry, Kurt. Tony, you don't have to bleep that. King Kurt. Tony, I'm not saying Kurt. I'm saying Kurt. Uh, try pronouncing it Canute. Okay, Canute. Oh yes, much better. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, there's a song now about them. Oh good, more singing. Actually, this one is more of a spoken song. Oh, like, uh, like Rex Harrison. I don't know who that is. My fair lady. Is he? Well, good for you. Uh, what? Here we go. <laughs> On the death of Forkbeard, Ethelred returned to reclaim the throne as far as he was concerned. But Forkbeard's son Canute had a different plan. He meant to rule England with a firm Viking hand. Ethelred fought back with his son Edmund Ironside, but then all went tits up when both of them died. And so England was ruled by a strong Viking brute. Thus began the reign of the great King Canute. You weren't ready for that, were you, Ethelred? <laughs> Is that it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Canute ruled England for 19 years. He was also Lord of Denmark and Norway. So basically, England was part of a Scandinavian empire at this time. When he died in 1035, his two sons had a go at being king, but both died while doing so. So England looked for a new king. They went back to Ethelred's line, who was still in Normandy. Ethelred's son Edward came to England to rule. The son of Ethelred and Emma. Uh, yes. He is known to history as Edward the Confessor. He reigned from 1042 until 1066. And with his death, a struggle for the crown ensued which would result in a battle that claimed thousands of lives. Is that the Battle of Hastings? Yes. Okay. Just checking. Part 4 Battle 1066 So now arose a problem. The problem of succession. It was said that on his deathbed, Edward left the crown to Harold Godwinson who was a powerful earl and Edward's brother-in-law. Although according to some, it was actually Harold himself who told everyone Edward had said this. Meanwhile, over the English Channel in Normandy, a chap called William was waiting for his turn. He was the Duke of Normandy, and he insisted Edward had promised him the throne, and that Harold had also sworn to help that happen. But that also might not be true. Eh? So who was the rightful heir? Um, 
Technically, it was Edward's 14-year-old great-nephew. So, who did become king? What? Don't you know all this stuff already? Um, yes. Didn't you pay attention at school? Hey, we didn't all go to a posh grammar school, you know. I went to a different school, okay? The school of life and hard knocks. Uh, okay, and how was that for you? Uh, good, actually. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, Harold became king. He was crowned the day after Edward's death. All right, mate, at least wait till he's cold. Oh, precisely. And so the stage was set for an eventual showdown to determine the English king once and for all. Uh, why, why have you stopped? Uh, isn't there a song here? Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> My name is Harold Godwinson, the English crown I have just won. So raise your voice, let's all rejoice, a glorious reign has now begun. That Norman chap across the sea thinks that he can conquer me. Oh, William, you're not the one, an English king you'll never be. Oh, Godwin's son will soon be dead. I will not rest till I have his head. Oh, Godwin's son, you'll soon be done. A Norman king will rule instead. The English crown is mine by right. If he sings that, then we must fight. Oh, William, pop it up your bum. That's it. Let's get that little shite. Oh, Godwin, son, the time has come to show you I can't be outdone. So bring it on, let's start the fun. You see, there can be only one. Yes, sir, there can be only one. There was a slight setback for William. He had no fleet to sail for England. So he built more than 500 ships and gathered together 14,000 men for the invasion. They had a couple of setbacks to begin with. First of all, they couldn't set sail due to high winds, and then when they did sail, they were blown back to France again. Unlucky. Harold was prepared for the attack, but then he got a bit of a shock from the north. The final attempt by the Vikings for control of England. The King of Norway, Harold Hardrada, received a visitor. It was the brother of the new English king, Tostig Godwinson. I thought the new English king was called Harold. Uh, he was. So who's Tostig? Harold's brother. Harold Hardrada? No, Harold Godwinson. I'm lost. Look, it's very simple. Harold Godwinson is the new king of England. He has a brother called Tostig Godwinson. Tostig goes over to Norway and tells Norwegian king, whose name is Harold Hardrada, that he supports him instead of his brother and that he, Harold Hardrada, should go and take the crown from his, Tostig's, brother, Harold Godwinson. Right. So where was William? Uh, he was still being blown around the French coast. I see. And so, King Harold had two different foes heading his way, both intent on conquering the country once and for all. Harold Hardrada and the Vikings from the north, and William and the Normans from the south. Oh, it's all kicking off now, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is indeed kicking off. Right. You can you can go now, by the way. It's just songs from here to the end. Oh, really? Yep. 
Oh, I think I'll stay. I'd like to hear the songs. Um, okay. Well, don't stare at me. It's off-putting. Just face the wall or something. Uh, Righto. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. And so King Harold and his military might went south where they thought they were needed most. He stationed his fleet on the Isle of Wight and his armies all along the southern coast. But then up north arrived King Harold Hardrada, sailing from Norway with a Viking armada. They took over York with Scandinavian might, so Harold and his army went north to fight. Both sides had a lesson they felt should be taught, and at Stamford Bridge the battle was fought. Round one, fight! The battle raged for many an hour, but the Norse army were outflanked by pure English power. And then came the end of the Viking campaign, when Hardrada and Tostig both were slain. But celebration was cut short when the victors were told that William and his army were at the English threshold. Harold and his men immediately went back down south to fight William in Kent. They arrived at the battleground, exhausted and sore, but both English and Normans were prepared for war. They came together under the October sun. The Battle of Hastings had begun. Round two, fight! A solitary arrow sailed high, arcing gracefully across the sky. A fateful sting that would kill the king, embedded in Harold's eye. Possibly. Finish him. Fatality. With the death of their leader, the English lost heart. The Normans swept in and tore them apart. They had given the English a royal smackdown, and William the Conqueror had won the crown. And so with the first Norman king, our epic tale comes to an end. Over a thousand years, the English race was born. Real British people. Made from Italians, Germans, Scandinavians, and the French. And so William the First, having won the fray, in Westminster Abbey was crowned on Christmas Day. The conqueror had come 
and was on the ascent and to the English he went I will be a mighty king William the first has such a ring England you will not want for anything and I will build you castles too nothing but the best for you England we will build your world anew History of England 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 The History of England AD 43 to 1066 was written, performed, edited and produced by Peter Davis. All songs and music composed and performed by Peter Davis. The commissioning editor was Marielle Ranaker Temple. Visit wirelesstheatre.co.uk for more free audio drama. Professor Thorny Buckshaft's new book, Whoops, That's My Chariot, is available at all good bookstores. The Angler appears courtesy of Angler Management in association with Angler Productions. AD 43 to 1066 AD 1066 If you want to find out more about this period, why not try reading The Internet?